Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that talent on my team. Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, do not catch it. Folks, what's up? Welcome to the Crowd Assist Podcast, Friday, June 18th. It's me, your host. I know, weird. Way couldn't make it, but your host, Meerkat, tonight, along with Kevin Massari, who you guys know and love. And we have a special guest for you guys in the building. It is Matt Perino, Bill's beat writer for Syracuse.com and a man of many ventures. But first, a shout out to our sponsors at Amherst L House. I, I know Matt's been there before and he's a fan. Uh, you hear Wake every week going about the pizza tots and stuff, but. We're in Buffalo, folks. You want a good set of wings, you go down to Amherst Pizza and Ale House. I mean, crispy, delicious wings, great sauces, out quick, pair them with some fries with the great draft list they have there. As a craft beer guy like myself, I mean, they have it all. Seriously, a great spot, so shout out to them. But let's get rolling with this. Matt, how are we doing? I'm good, guys. I'm good. Just wrapped mini camp. Uh, we got out a day early. Uh, you know, Sean McDermott always uh, – you know, I feel like he probably hangs that carrot over the team for the first couple days, like come in, work hard. Uh, this is a veteran laden group. And um, so, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a good couple days. And now we're off to a little mini vacation before training camp. How does it feel nice. to be back in there? Like, I mean, that's like, how does it all feel in there? Is it weird? Is it new? Is it kind of like first day of school? Like, how does it feel to be on the beat in there? I mean, to be honest with you, it's very similar. The only thing different like this last month has been not having to wear a mask, but mm. really we're standing in basically the same area we were last year. We're not in the building. We're able Gosh. to kind of get to the parking lot, go into the, and onto the practice field and kind of roam that far sideline. We over OTAs and minicamp, we did get to go to the other sideline too, which was nice, but it's tough, man. Like it, it, visuals are not as good when we're in, on the practice field like when we were in the stadium, it's great because you can kind of move anywhere you want around the stadium and and kind of, you know, the videos and pictures are better there too. Uh, but, man, it's great. I mean, I just after what happened last year, just, you know, being around football is great. Yeah, so, you know, just being back around and everything, being right up in the thick of it, what are some of your biggest takeaways you've seen so far from the team, things that, are you know, might be really standing out to you? I think the first – and like first and foremost, consistently from the start of rookie camp through Wednesday's practice, I've been impressed with how ready Gregory Rousseau has looked. And I think if you go back to draft time and, and when Brandon Bean was talking about what they were thinking when they drafted him, a lot of us were asking, all right, is this a long-term play? Is this something where, you know, one of the big knocks on him is he took a year off of football, so it's going to take some time to get back up to speed. Only played, had one year of, of really solid production at the college level. Is he going to come in here and be an instant impact? Now, listen, 
the last month plus has been no pads. So there's only so much you could take from this. But I like what I've heard from not only his teammates, but the coaches, Leslie Frazier talking about, you know, getting in the meeting rooms with him, installing stuff and him taking it right out to the practice field and applying it. He's made some flash plays as has Boogie Basham. I think both of them have been equally impressive from that perspective, but Greg Rousseau is that first round draft pick. And I just keep thinking about like the upside of his draft profile, right? If that hits at pick 30, whether it be sometime this season or even as early as next season, what a home run pick at 30 for a, 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 a need, no doubt about it, on this team was edge rusher, and they, they were able to double dip. I think that's my first takeaway because there's so many questions around Russo and his potential impact in year one. Yeah, triple dip, really, right? Because you have A.J. Appanessa, they had their first pick last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm pretty vocal about how they've spent assets at this position between money, draft picks. I mean, you're talking about three high picks there. I mean, that's not even including going back to Ed Oliver. You spent a lot of money on Butler and Jefferson. Um, You know, Hughes still has his contract. Addison, I mean, you've spent some assets and some money there. I mean, do you think they'll get the most out of it now? I mean, you have three young assets. A.J. Appanessa, we saw the pick in the, the fight that uh, ensued from that interception. You know, how's AJ Epinesa looking? I mean, he's someone that's really intriguing to me so far um, in 2021. I thought Epinesa really finished strong last year. So I guess maybe the impressive nature of his camp and OTAs hasn't stood out as much to me because it's it's been a carryover, but he's another guy that's been making plays consistently throughout this process. I just... One of the first things that stood out about him from the jump was, you know, I think I've seen some people talking about his size. I think his size is right in the in the wheelhouse of where they want it to be. He looks quicker, faster, more agile. Um, I can't get into too much where he's played, but I thought early on that they really envisioned him as that, you know, edge rusher, you know, flip him inside, have him uh, rush from the interior as well. I'm not so sure if that's going to be the case for him moving forward because his athleticism has been really, really good. I think that he could be a consistent playmaker on the outside. And I think in a lot of ways, Boogie and Greg Rousseau, probably more so Boogie, are more um, you know, apt to do that, play that role at this point. And now with Star back in the mix, I think you throw in uh, Harry, you throw in Vernon Butler, the numbers inside are, are, are a lot better that I don't think that you are going to be forced to do that as much uh, unless – a guy really excels in that department. And I just think with the size trimming down a little bit, I don't think Epinesa as much as a force on the inside as people were expecting him to be when they drafted him at close to 280. Uh, and so, but I like him. I like I like his upside this this year. I think consistently because Jerry and Mario weren't there for a while, I think you can make an argument that the 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 guy that's looked the best on that defensive line throughout this whole spring process has been AJ Epinesa. That's insane. That's crazy to see. Um, and then it's, it's a good problem for the Bills to, to look at with, with the quality talent that they have. Is there any worries about the Vets, though? I mean, they like Daryl Johnson a lot on special teams. Is there a worry there at the Vets? I mean, you got to start thinking about it with the roster crunch. Um, like, what's your opinion on Addison or Hughes? Like, I mean, is there, is there something to worry about if you're either or? Could we see a, a, a typical August trade? I mean, what's what are you thinking when it comes to the, the depth at the DN position? I think both of those guys know that there's a challenge that awaits this this summer. I think that Jerry Hughes is pretty pretty stable in terms of what he brings from a leadership perspective as well. Addison does too, but I just think Addison's a little bit older. The production wasn't necessarily there last year, but I think they still have high hopes for them. I, I think that they're going to count on this 
practice squad ability to maybe hide a guy. I think that you could put Daryl Johnson there and use him as kind of a call-up type of player. Maybe another team wants to try to pluck a guy like that, but I think that you can do it. And then I think you can make an argument and keep – the problem is going to be the wild card in all this is Effie Obata because mm-hmm. if he's good enough to make the roster, then I think you have to make a decision on either one of these rookies – Maybe in Rousseau and Basham, maybe they're not ready. But, I mean, at first and second round pick, you need those guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that that's really even a possibility. And that takes you to, in my opinion, Addison. I almost feel like the way this sets up is Obata versus Addison. And is, if Addison comes and shows out this summer, then I think that you try and take your chance on Obata, the Christian Way connection, maybe trying to keep him on the practice squad uh, and have some depth at the position. It worked well last year. I mean, they kept Dane Jackson there for most of the, the beginning of the season and some other notable players that, you know, until Jake Kumaro weren't plucked. So that's what happens when you put together a roster like this. But I think it comes down to, you know, Eric Washington, this is a big year for him. Underperformed last year. You mentioned the money that's, you know, invested on this defensive line and the assets. Production is going to be important this year. And I think getting star back is great. And I think that adding year three motivated is great, but everywhere you look, guys have to be producing and it's going to fall on Washington a little bit if they're not. No, definitely. And then um, just on the other side of the ball, talking about the offense throughout camp and stuff so far, how do you see this quarterback room behind Josh Allen, obviously shaking out? I mean, you have the bromance between Allen and Webb. You have Mitchell Trubisky, who's a guy you bring in, you know, a big name to be that backup quarterback. And then Fromm, who, you know, was their emergency guy last year, still a decent pick in him uh, with maybe has the talent there, but is, how do you see this playing out? Are they going to just go one backup and an emergency guy again this year with, you know, COVID stuff loosening up, maybe just, two regular backups. Um, how do you think this quarterback room's playing out based on what you've seen from camp so far? Yeah. Um, Webb's definitely going to be the practice squad guy. I think he likes mm-hmm. that role. I think he's trained. I put out a story earlier this off season uh, on him and he's kind of preparing for that next stage when he, you know, transitions into coaching and he, and he loves this such situation for himself because he gets to work with a really talented coaching staff and then all the talent at the starting quarterback position. They brought in Mitch to be the starter. So unless he goes out and just blows it up in the preseason and somebody's offering a, a significant, you know, draft capital to trade for him, you know, in the preseason before the season, maybe a, a quarterback injury or something happens. I, I wouldn't put that past Brandon Bean pulling the trigger on that, especially if Jake Fromm's in a place where you can rely on him to be the backup. I mean, Matt Barkley's still out there. So who knows right. what could happen in that department? Mm-hmm. You know, this was Brandon Bean called this a reset for Mitch Trubisky, but he didn't say how long that reset button was going to be. As a matter of fact, he was really upfront about the fact that this is not this is for a good time, not a long time when it comes to Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky. So this could be a situation where he just comes in here, gets to pick uh, everybody's brain, watch Josh Allen a little bit, and then he's on to the to the next. I think that they would like to probably go into the season with him just in case anything happens to Josh Allen. But I've liked a little bit of what I've seen from Jake Fromm. I, if you're asking me right now if I think he's ready to be the backup for this team, I'd say emphatically no. And I think that the stuff off the field with him right after the draft mm-hmm. last year probably is enough to scare some teams away from trying to pry him away from the Bills. And especially from a you know just talent perspective, unless he blows up in the preseason as well, we just haven't seen enough from him yet. So I think they're in a good position that no matter how this thing goes, they can kind of – you know, do what they want behind Allen. 
Yeah, with Matt Barkley out there, that's a big. I mean, that's something I put my eye on as well. Like they have options; they can make a move for that normal bean pick that he likes to grab, in in a multitude of ways. So, I mean, I think it's a really good point to keep an eye. He's gotten more for less of than this right. quarterback room, right? So, yeah. there's a lot to keep an eye on between the three of them. And if someone's really in trouble, you know, could a third round pick be in play for Trubisky? And would they swing that? I'm a big fan of the insurance policy personally. I mean, I think this is a Super Bowl mm-hmm. contending team. Do you agree with that, Matt? Like, do you think I thought one of the biggest weakness possibly last year on the roster, you know, you can talk about pass rush, was no backup court. If something would have happened to Josh Allen, I just didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't think they had a backup plan. What's your opinion on the insurance policy? I get that, but I'm I, I'm I'm dubious at the idea that Mitchell Trubisky somehow keeps them in that same tier. Okay. You know what I mean? So I get what you're saying, and I do agree to a, a certain extent. I just think that, like, those kinds of guys don't necessarily grow on trees. And I also think that even with Trubisky, you're going to have to change the dynamic of the offense. We're watching it early on throughout this camp period. And I know he's getting into the offense, and there's tons of excuses that we can use for it, but he just doesn't take the chances that Josh Allen has. He doesn't have the arm swagger that Josh Allen has. And so it will limit Brian Dable a little bit in that scenario with what he can actually call. You know, we were talking to Brian a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about just the freedom that now Mitchell Trubisky has in this offense. Well, I think part of the reason that Matt Nagy, another really, you know, uh, acclaimed play caller, didn't give him that freedom is that he didn't earn it. And when he had it, he didn't do enough with it. So I, I guess like I have to see it before I believe it. But if you're asking me is, are they better situated to write the ship on a short-term basis with Trubisky than Barkley? Of course. And I think you can make an ar- argument that Trubisky, with what he's done in this league already, is the best backup quarterback in this league at this point. Best, you know, at least in the conversation. And you couldn't yeah, have made yeah. that last year. So I, I agree on that front. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a Super Bowl contending team. I think generally, I don't know that I would feel that way if you weren't. So, I mean, but I think he can come in and keep the team 500 um, mm-hmm. in, in a stretch of Josh Allen being out and – I don't know. I think that's really important for a team that's vying for more. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that looks. But, you know, we really got to get into Ask Man. I mean, this is this is the time of the show where we want to, um, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, a little bit about the players that have looked good. But if you could add one player to this roster, and there's a couple out there, what are you doing? What is Matt doing to add to this roster? You know, Kevin wanted that QB2 last year. What were you looking at this year, knowing the way the roster looks, whether it's cornerback two, whether it's, you know, for me, tight end currently, what what are you looking at? Do you have one move? They've moved that money aside. We all know what they did um, with some money. So I'm not in the belief they're using that at the Josh Allen extension. They wouldn't have pushed future money out into where he'd be getting paid more money. Um, so what's, what's your opinion on what they should do with that $10 million? I think that they're waiting to see how a lot of these battles materialize. I think a lot of the veterans that are out there are, are content to wait and pick their spot. So they're not in a rush. Like one guy that I think's made a lot of sense from the start is like a Kawan short who they're super familiar with. I think that, listen, do they have a lot of guys in the mix on the, on the D line? Yeah. But I think adding another guy and if, you know, Kawan short, I know he's older. I know he's dealt with some injuries. If he comes in here and outplays Vernon Butler, I thought Vernon Butler was, lackluster at times last year. I think he's got the chance to be better this year, but if you can upgrade that spot, if that's an upgrade or there's another interior defensive lineman, you know, whether it be more of the one tech variety side note on this, I'm really excited to, you know, talk more to Sean and Leslie Frazier in training camp, um, potentially even in person, if, if that could be like a press conference setting uh, as opposed to these zooms about how they view their defensive line. Cause one of the things that, 
has been consistently surprising to me has been their willingness not to add bulk at that one technique spot. It seems like they're they're totally comfortable as long as they have star in the mix. And even when they didn't have star in the mix last year, I mean, not adding the kind of size that you traditionally and typically need to kind of eat those double teams. And so, you know, that would be where I kind of go with what I think that they should add is a big, you know, space easy eating true one technique, but they've balked at that over the course of the mm-hmm. last year plus. And so I don't think that that's necessarily in the cards, but I think adding to the competition there, I'm out on CB2 just from the perspective of if you bring in a Richard Sherman or if you bring in a Steven Nelson, where does that put Dane Jackson? I mm-hmm. really think that they're high on Dane Jackson and they want to give him every opportunity to win that job. And even if Levi wins it, to be one injury away from being the guy. And I also think it speaks to what they think of Levi Wallace and where they think that he is. And I, I know that he's been – I've been hard on him at times. I've been critical of him at times. But he's also still a developing player that, you know, former undrafted guy who's gotten, it seems, more comfortable in his skin every single season. And there's a lot of confidence in him within the defensive secondary where there's a lot of experience there. So I think that they're all right there. I'm high on Cam Lewis, Kevin. I think we've talked about this before. I think we both like him. If he could just stay healthy, I think that he'll be in the mix at either the slot or on the outside for a roster spot and maybe more. And then you know, they spent a, dra- a draft pick on Rashad Wallagoo. So they have a lot of guys there that I think that they believe in. And, oh, by the way, two UDFA guys mm-hmm. in Elijah Griffin and Nick McLeod, who have been absolutely balling the last couple of weeks, enough so that Matt Milano actually shouted out McLeod for his work in the spring. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent on that cornerback room that a lot of people aren't talking about. I mean, some of their undrafted guys had a lot, a lot of, of pretty good reports coming out. Like Nick McLeod was a pretty underrated guy. Elijah Griffin was ranked in the top 200 on a lot of lists. Could have been in the fourth or fifth round range. And yeah, I mean, you brought up my guy. I mean, Cam Lewis, he beat out Taron Johnson for the job. Let's not forget what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Taron Johnson struggled. He struggled. How good was he down the stretch? You know, he was, I mean, at least he made some splash plays. How was good was he on a day-to-day basis? You know, that, that remains to be seen from a film perspective. But um, Cam Lewis was a guy that came in and beat him out. He beat him out halfway through the season. Um, so to me, I think he's going to add a lot to this roster. And especially if they don't add anybody, he's a name that I think should be seeing a little bit more on roster projections because they like him. They add him over their current slot corner. So, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, he's, he's someone to watch out for. How do you feel about the tight end room, though? I mean, that's the one that, I mean, I saw the stat that Zach Ertz would have been the Bills, you know, first, second, third, and fourth, and fifth ranked in the last his receiving yardage and from 2015 to 2019 would have been first, second, third, fourth, and fifth all time for the Bills mm-hmm. prior to this injury. Do you think that he needs a safety, you know, valve at the tight end room? Are you a Dawson Knox fan? How has he looked? The tight end room's intriguing to me because I personally think it's the weakest room on the roster. I'm a fan of Knox from the sense that I love his approach and that he's exhausting every resource. It's not just about, you know, hiring a vision coach and, you know, we put that story out too, but it's about what he's doing to get himself better and the attitude. And I think that he wants to be that guy. I mean, you know, going and spending uh, a week at the tight end university with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, listen, it could all be for show. It could be all for press clippings, but I think at the same time, 
Like the guy is doing, he went out to California and literally stayed down the street from Josh Allen and they were working. They would do zoom meetings in the morning. They'd go and install on the field afterwards. I mean, this is a guy that didn't get a lot of chances at the college level. I'm not surprised that there were some issues with drops to start out of the gates. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. There's been probably one or two occasions during camp where he dropped the pass or he bobbled the pass. So you always kind of think of that in the back of your mind every time that that happens. Devin Singletary dropped one, too, that looked a lot like the Kansas City game. And so that that's the first thing is you think about. But I think that you have talent, and I like the Hollister move the more that it's marinated because of you don't need the, the chemistry building that I think we're seeing right now with Emmanuel Sanders and Josh Allen. I wrote about it from practice on Wednesday. They had three occasions where they just had misses. And I think that they're kind of learning each other. Hollister played with him at Wyoming. Mean, he knows Josh Allen. He knows him in and out. And so you're not going to have that problem. The, 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 the thing that he's got to do is just get up to speed on the playbook. Once he does that, you could probably use him anywhere. And I'm still a Tommy Sweeney apologist. I mean, this is a guy yep. that I really like yep. his rookie season. So, and, and, I wrote about Quentin Morris. They like him as well. I think he's in the competition with Reggie Gilliam at the bottom. Listen, these aren't like sexy names, but I also think that sometimes at the tight end position, some of the guys that really bloom and blossom aren't necessarily those high end players that, um, you know, Travis Kelsey was, you know, he, he, Rob Gronkowski, no doubt about it. I mean, he was a home run tight end pick. Uh, Zach Ertz has had great production in this league, but, He's coming off of an injury. He's past 30. He's going to come to an offense that utilizes the wide receiver position probably more than anybody in the NFL. And those are just all things where if you're going to pay a guy eight plus million and have to give up draft capital to get him, is it worth it? Maybe it is. I'm not necessarily poo-pooing the idea. I just think that there's enough in the tight end room if I'm Brandon Bean to give them another shot in 2021. Yeah, and I like how you brought up Sweeney, too. I mean, missing last year, that that was rough for him. But that's just a guy, I mean, I love his hands. He's a surefire guy, kind of, you know, like Hollister, just not super flashy guys. But if Knox can do enough as that tight end one, then th that's good depth right there. Those are, you know, guys you can rely on to catch a ball. Um, but moving on to our final topic, um, just an out a look at the AFC this year contenders outside of Buffalo, outside of Kansas City, of course. I mean, do you see anyone in the AFC East maybe looming? You know, uh, a Patriots putting it all together, the Dolphins of Tua can do it, or somewhere else around the AFC, who are you seeing as, you know, the Bills and Casey's biggest threat? Probably the Browns come to mind, I would say, uh, depending on what they get out of Baker Mayfield. Uh, I like what they've done roster construction-wise. I think that they got a guy in Mike Newsom, who I think uh, the Bills probably would have loved if he had felt fallen there because, you know, Brandon spoke about it at the draft. That the problem with cornerback is a lot of times you got to either trade up to get one or you got to overdraft a guy. So, like, you know, Tyson Campbell, who went after that pick, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, Asante Samuel Jr., at that point would have been a reach. And sometimes you got to do that to get a cornerback. Um, but I liked it, that pick for, uh, Cleveland because I think that was one area that they struggled in last year uh and so I like Cleveland I think that they have you know their run game is always going to be tough I think getting star back is a a nice little piece uh in terms of helping with the run defense we'll see how that materializes if they're able to be better in that department but in the east I don't know traditionally I would I, I would say 
the Patriots, but I am a little bit concerned about their quarterback situation. And, you know, as concerned as I've been about the quarterback situation in Miami, and listen, I guess, no. In the in, in AFC East, long story short, I don't think the Bills should be worried about anything going on in this division. I like what I'm, I've read out of Miami this week. I talked about it on our podcast last night, the fact that they're putting him in uncomfortable positions to, uh, and asking him to take chances and enforce the issue and try to put balls in, in bad situations. They're going to need to do that a lot this, this summer. Um, but am I, am I scared of either of those two teams with who they have at quarterback? No. And I think that it's a quarterback driven league. And so in the AFC, I think it comes down to KC. I think Tennessee is interesting. I still have some questions about their defense. I have some questions about Matthew, Matthew Judon's fit in that defense. We'll see how that materializes as well. But like you said earlier, I mean, they're Super Bowl. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. The only team that I think I put in their tier at this point is the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'd probably have it be a Chiefs one A, Bills one B until you you know you got to to be the man. You got to beat the man, and they didn't beat the yep. man. <laughs> Matt, we got to ask you real quick before you take off. How about Thad Brown's tweet just now? Bills are planning new open air stadium for twenty twenty five. They may play away from the stadium in 2024. That'd be crazy, like, right? Uh, what first, is your... my, my first reaction to this news, and I think Mike Catalana uh, actually had it first. Um, oh, so shout out, yeah, shout out to him. Um, Thad's got a follow up uh, with more details, which, you know, great, great reporting by both those guys. Um, my first thought is dang, because I was really pulling for downtown Buffalo. I, with, the, with the closed dome. I mean, Outer honestly. Harbor. I'd take the open air if it was downtown. I, I agree. I think that the indoor situation with Josh Allen and now as your quarterback probably helps you in, you know, long-term, but you know, whatever it's, it's Buffalo. I, the snow is part of it. I think that's fun. Not but even downtown, a retractable though. Not even yeah, a retractable, retractable makes sense. But if you, if you have a retractable and the weather is terrible, are you ever really going to leave that thing open? No, you're going to yeah. always keep it closed. So yes, I get it. I trust me. I get both sides of it. I guess my, that where I was feeling more passionate about it was just from the placement. I love Orchard Park, and this isn't a knock on that. I just feel like, man, I went down to a, uh, a Blue Jays game, and we went down on the subway. And Buffalo's booming, man. Like, the, oh, yeah, downtown exactly. is like, it's, so it's, it's a vibe all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Like, putting the stadium down there with restaurants and, you know, uh, events down there, like, would take it, I just think, to another level. And so I'm kind of bummed about that, but 100%. I get it. I get it. And listen, it's been, it's tradition. Orchard Park's part of the tradition, being out there and tailgating and all that. I don't think tailgating will be the same downtown. So I get it. Uh, but a little piece of me is bummed. But, you know, big news. Open air in Orchard Park. Look at that for 2025. <laughs> That's the current rumblings by Mike Catalana and Thad Brown. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see to follow that one closely. I'm sure Matt will be all over that when he's off air with us. So yeah. Matt, we really appreciate you making time to come on this. Um, you know, we always love having you. I don't think we've had you since I think we had you maybe right on the draft night, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we yeah. had you on the draft night special, but no, really appreciate you making it out. And, um, you know, it's a pretty big story. So, you know, we, we want to let you go ahead and you know do what you got to do on, on your end too. So, mm -hmm. you know, thanks thank guys you so for much having for me. making it out. Have no a problem, great night, guys. Thank you. I mean, yeah, that is a crazy story right there. We got got to let Matt go. I, I, I did yeah, want to ask him about right Isaiah Hodgins, but you could tell the second we brought it up, he was like, oh, yeah, yep, and it's from here and here. He's ready to credit his sources and everything. A true professional, though, staying on with us. I mean, that open-air stadium, I mean, in OP, 
I, I don't know. Like, I can argue any side of anything pretty much when it comes to the Bills Stadium. Would it be awesome to have a dome stadium in the winter, not have yeah. to dress in 37 layers? And, you know, I, I've gone to games where I haven't enjoyed the game. I've been miserable from the, the conditions out. I remember it was a few years ago after the snow goal, the snowball game, after that game the next week, the temperatures were way lower than the snowball. Like I wasn't cold at the snowball. It was actually kind of weird. And then the next week it was pouring rain and snowing and it was colder and I was so miserable. So then I'm like, okay, I want a dome. But there's other times where it's also like the snowball where you're only going to get that in <laughs> Buffalo. And it's just one of those things. It's so cool. But it looks like it's OP, which I, I'd be, like Matt said, downtown is such a vibe right now. That would have been cool. Outer Harbor, I would have all been for. But it's also nice keeping it kind of homey. Now we don't have to worry about potentially losing the tailgates, you know, parking situations, having to come into the city on ride shares or the subway station, which, hey, who knows? If a stadium was going to go downtown, they might have revamped the whole public transportation system downtown too. But looks like they got their sights set. Whew. Well, we got a lot of work to do on our end to go back and see if we can grab anything on this. See if we have anybody in the real estate market or see if we, yeah, yeah. You know, we we're kind of hooked up here. So we'll see if anyone on the team can can gather more information. I'm sure Matt's already doing that. Appreciate him for staying on the show for, yeah. um, um, you know, that's pretty big news. Um, I would understood if he had to head out. Um, but mm. really action Pat Crowdis' pod for being, you know, June 18th. Um, really glad to be out on this thing. Um, glad to have you hosting, man. Welcome to welcome to the hosting world. Yeah, right. I'm a bit nervous. Not like I really did much other than the intro, but and not like <laughs> I'm not co-hosting, you know, DDZ and stuff all the time. But it's just weird True. when you're like leading things in, kind of whatever. Yeah. Shout out to you for helping lead me along the way, and a shout out to another one of our sponsors, Outlet Liquor. They are the place to get a case. I mean, it, it's incredible. We got a couple of Joes coming out soon. A, a video series with. Two of the best shows at Trainwreck, highlighting different, you know, liquors and stuff. All of this, nice. all available at Outlet Liquor. And, you know, I got to try that Ghost Tequila the other day. I am making it a point to get to Outlet Liquor tomorrow to enjoy my weekend with some of this Ghost Tequila. I mean, any liquor store, it could be like Outlet Liquor where they have tons of variety and choices and the best prices around. But the real difference is the people there. They're amazing people, amazing prices, amazing product. Go to Outlet Liquor. It's your place to get a case. We love them. Any parting words, Kevin? No, I mean, that's some pretty big news. I'm going to have to go wrap my head around for, for a couple hours to see how I feel about that. Because off the bat, I am not an open-air OP guy. I'll take one or the yeah. other, um, but I'm not an open-air combo with the OP. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested to read a little bit more about this and see what happens. And you know what I'm not a fan of? 2024 away from Orchard Park. Where would they yeah. play? I mean... Back Cleveland? To like, uh, oh, my <laughs> oh my no, God. thank you. Yeah, no, I don't like that. Put them in UB Stadium. Like, I don't care if capacity. I mean, if you have to. If you keep them in Buffalo, like, do not let them play other places. I know we're adopting the Blue Jays, and that's cool because we're getting them. I'm sorry, Toronto, but I don't want another city adopting the Bills. I'm sorry. Oh, lots to think about with this stories out there. So yeah. we're going to go back and do our work. Um, but from the show sponsors, Outlet Liquor, I'm Hearst Ale House. Um, you know, really great show to be on here. Missed Wake today, but um, mm -hmm. I think we did a pretty good job holding it down. Yeah, I think we did an okay job. And, you know, this train never stops, folks. Yeah. Bill's Mafia.
Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that challenge on my team. Micah High Jordan Boyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, you not catching it.